For those with the curiosity to look, Bitcoin has emerged as a vast and mysterious space to explore with treasures, dangers, and untold potential. And similar to the Statue of Liberty's beautiful but no longer true invitation, Bitcoin beckons those who are tired, poor, and yearning to breathe free to enter its realm and bask in the light of its gifts. The best in Bitcoin made audible. I am Guy Swan and this is Bitcoin Audible. What is up, everybody? Welcome, Audionauts. Welcome, new listeners. This is Bitcoin Audible. I am Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. Today, we have a full-on audiobook drop. Uh, for those who have yet to get into or explore the incredible work of Tomer Strolite, this is the Why Bitcoin series in full. 24 chapters which were released as individual articles start to finish for anybody to listen this thing comes in just under two hours long and you can actually get the what i've read this off of is actually the pdf um you can actually get this at swanbitcoin.com swan with one n swanbitcoin.com slash why bitcoin so they have this whole thing hosted as a pdf if you want to check it out and this will be the audiobook this series answers so many questions. It hits so many different perspectives and ideas around Bitcoin. Uh, the, I mean, chapters include why choose Bitcoin, why Bitcoin is the new frontier, why and how Bitcoin uses energy, why Bitcoin is not damaging to the environment, why everything that should hurt Bitcoin only makes Bitcoin stronger, why Bitcoin is so much more than money, why Bitcoin will end the worst heist in history, and so much more. 24 chapters. So um, before we get into it, I want to thank our sponsors, but uh, I also want to let you guys know something. I'm running a bit of a test on how to implement this the best way. So your feedback is actually super, super helpful if uh, anybody tries to test this out and just to let me know what they think. I've set up a small BTC Pay server store where you can just download a copy of this audiobook with no ads, no intro, no outro, anything like that. It is just straight up the audiobook. It'll be at bitcoinaudible.com and uh, you'll just you'll see the link there. And uh, if you want to donate, it, there will be a pay what you want button. So you could just donate whatever. It's all over lightning. You can do a dollar, five dollars, ten cent thousand dollars whatever the hell you want um and download the file and if you're if you're cheap you could just put in zero dollars and it'll just go to a invoice paid page and then you click on the link and it'll download the file so you don't have to i'm not like charging for it you just have to actually you have to manually put in that you're a cheap ass and then i'm using this to test the uh delivery mechanism because uh, right now this is just a file um, it's just access to download the file, but I want to have this as a RSS link so that you can actually copy and paste it into like your podcast thing and uh, like your podcast player and just play it directly from there. But I haven't sorted all that out yet. And again, this is just a test. Uh, it should be live later today or tomorrow. 
So uh, let me know what issues you have if you test it out. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's a good option and y'all appreciate having that. Somebody gets uh, some value out of that. And speaking of sponsors, let's keep the lights on and talk about who is making Bitcoin Audible possible. First time on this show, this is a service I have been using the absolute crap out of for the past year. I earn sats back on all of the stuff I buy all of the time. I do this with the Fold card and the Fold app. I can get gift cards. I get sats back on literally everything that I do. Um, I get gift cards and other benefits through their mobile app. And with the premium card, I can get up to 100% back, which I totally freaking did once, and it was epic. I, I legit, I record a little video on my phone, like I do screen recording, every single time I spin. So I uh, actually have a recording when I, when I catch the truly epic ones. You can literally earn sats back on everything in the universe. Check out Fold at guyswan.com fold and you will get 5,000 sats for free signing up with my referral link. It is too obvious. The Fold app is straight up my spirit animal. If that, that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. And you know, when I earn my sats back on Fold, do you know where I withdraw them to? My Bitbox hardware wallet. That's right. It's sleek. It's secure. It's simple AF to set up and use. Uh, it's got a screensaver too, and somehow that just makes it better than all of the other ones. Uh, the <laughs> this is a Bitcoin hardware wallet for your Bitcoin keys. The Bitbox O2. Withdraw your fold sats to your Bitbox O2, and you know it's secure. You know they're your keys. Check them out, and you get five percent off that hardware wallet plus anything else on their store. Actually, goodies for everybody at guyswan.com/bitbox. And if you aren't getting sats back on everything yet, guyswan.com slash fold. Okay, that was a long intro, but it is time to get into this incredible series, now a full audiobook from Tomer Strolight, and it's titled Why Bitcoin? The Series by Tomer Strolight. Welcome to Why Bitcoin? Each chapter in this series is short, only two to four minutes at most to read, entirely accessible to newcomers to Bitcoin, offers some new perspective to even the most experienced Bitcoiners. Bitcoin is a vast subject with countless facets, angles, and perspectives. It can be looked at, thought about, and appreciated in many ways. By writing very short pieces, I hope to take a single snapshot of Bitcoin from a very different perspective with each one, so that the reader may, upon finishing, better understand the whole. I hope you find these chapters helpful, informative, enjoyable, and enlightening. Chapter 1. Why Choose Bitcoin? Bitcoin is money you need to choose. So why should you? Why choose Bitcoin? Why choose it as money? The answer to this question lies in the fact that you can even ask it. Let us recall, you are not asked to choose the dollar, or the euro, the pound, etc. You are born into a world where the dollar is money, and where the law says you must accept it as money, and everyone around you accepts it as money. 
and so you take for granted that it is money. But if you look closely, you'll see that the dollar isn't particularly fair money, or very good money, or very hard money. On the other hand, nobody has forced you, or anyone else for that matter, to use Bitcoin. No one ever will. No law has been passed dictating that you or anyone else must accept Bitcoin. So why should you start to think of it as money? There are long lists of Bitcoin's features that people give for why it is better than the dollar, and gold as well. But more important than any one feature is that Bitcoin asks you to use it instead of forcing you to. You do not have to accept Bitcoin, but you can if you choose to. And Bitcoin plans to work hard to get you to do this. To be your money, Bitcoin needs to earn your confidence as well as that of hundreds of millions of other people. Think of what must be true for it to become accepted by a hundred million people and then a billion of them when each and every one of them must actually choose it. Moreover, to stay as money, it must remain the best choice so that nothing better can come along and take its place. These two reasons, the need to earn your choice and keep on earning it, is what forces Bitcoin to become the best money in the world. Although there are lots of ways to describe Bitcoin, one fundamental way is to say that Bitcoin is a process of becoming and remaining the very best freely chosen money the world has ever and will ever see, according to those who choose it. Really, how could the dollar, which commands you to use it, or gold, which cannot improve, compete with this. Neither can earn your choice. Whatever it is that people need from money, Bitcoin is the only entity in the world that will improve and adapt to best suit those needs. Interestingly, it turns out that one capability people value in Bitcoin is just how darned hard it is to change, how slow it is to change, and how meticulously detailed every aspect of every change is. That's actually a feature called incorruptibility. So why choose Bitcoin? Because the very fact that Bitcoin needs you to choose it means that it must be worthy of your choice, which forces it to continuously be better money than any alternative. This creates a self-reinforcing cycle where it just keeps getting better and getting more people to choose it. And more people choosing it itself makes Bitcoin better money, which in turn gets more people to choose it, which makes it better, and so on. Chapter 2. Why Bitcoin's Rules Are Enforced by Physics A powerful analogy to explain why using nature's rules over man-made rules makes Bitcoin better money. The German Autobahn highways have no legally enforced speed limit. The laws of physics are the only limitations as to how fast automobiles can travel there. As such, Germans have figured out how to make very fast cars. Fast small cars, fast family cars, fast SUVs, fast trucks, etc. And also, safe fast cars, because nobody wants to die getting somewhere fast. 
The lack of legally enforced constraints is what makes German cars faster, safer, and better than those engineered in countries where speed limits and safety standards are prescribed by government edict. This same reasoning is remarkably why Bitcoin is the best money the world will ever see. No government tells Bitcoin what rules apply or how to enforce them, nor can one. The mechanisms that Bitcoin relies on to enforce its rules are the laws of physics. They are eternal, unchanging rules. They are not rules made up on a whim and changed from time to time by some individual or committee claiming to be pursuing some virtuous goal while in reality trying to enrich itself. Like the safety and speed goals of German cars, Bitcoin has safety and speed goals too. Safety-wise, Bitcoin gives you the monetary equivalent of safety by allowing you to store your Bitcoins where only you can find them. It does this using astronomically large random numbers as the storage location. The laws of physics dictate that nobody can guess your number, even if they turn the whole planet into a giant computer making endless guesses. Speed-wise, Bitcoin doesn't try to go fast, though. Instead, it seeks to maintain a constant speed or pace. That steady pace Bitcoin is after is that one block will be added to the blockchain on average every 10 minutes forever. And it enforces this goal, too, with the eternal, unchanging laws of physics. Even if we turned all the world's energy towards trying to speed this up, Bitcoin would slam the brakes on within 2016 blocks at most. And if we tried to slow it down, Bitcoin would step on the gas and speed it up in the same number of blocks. And no government law can change this. This average speed target relies on a clever combination of something called proof-of-work, which is based on physical work in the real world, i.e. the laws of physics, and a little piece of computer code called the difficulty adjustment, which is how Bitcoin maintains its average pace of block discovery. Nobody and nothing can violate these mechanisms. No lawmaker, no hacker, no protester, no banker, no government, no corporation, no army. Nothing. It is as raw and real as reality itself. So if you appreciate that you can rely on the laws of physics instead of the whims of bureaucrats and politicians to protect your savings, Bitcoin is the choice for you. By relying on the eternal and consistent laws of physics, Bitcoin guarantees perfect reliability that nobody can break its promises. That frees it from any reliance on temporary institutions like central banks, political parties, and even nation-states. Bitcoin is forever. Chapter 3. Why Bitcoin's Buying Power Keeps Rising Yes, the value of Bitcoin will continue to rise, and you haven't missed the boat. Find out why. You work, you get paid. You trade your pay for the work that other people do. Here's a question for you. Over time, does the money you get paid with buy more of the work other people do, or does it buy less? If you hold your country's money, you know the answer. Inflation reduces what your money can buy. 
This is because the money supply is growing faster than the amount of work that's being done. So more money buys less work. If you hold precious metals instead, the theory is that the purchasing power holds steady because producing that metal requires work that's steady over time. But if you hold Bitcoin, that purchasing power just keeps going up a lot. Why is this? Imagine if everything about the current process of making money was flipped upside down. Imagine a system that made it impossible to print more and more money out of thin air. What if, instead of it being easy to create money, the system required that more and more work had to be put in to creating it? What if no matter how much work was put in, only a certain predetermined amount could be created in a given time period? What if that amount kept shrinking? Surely then, by reversing the original process of easily creating any amount over any time, the money's purchasing power would grow instead of shrink. This, my friends, is Bitcoin. Bitcoin takes inflation and flips it on its head. When you accept Bitcoin, you sign on to the opposite process of the one that causes money to lose purchasing power over time. Bitcoin's buying power over time is therefore the flip side of inflation. Flip the inflation coin over and on the opposite side is Bitcoin. However, Bitcoin is not a coin you toss. Bitcoin is a coin you choose. Choose Bitcoin and you'll never suffer from inflation again. Instead, you'll benefit from its opposite. Chapter 4 why you don't need permission to use Bitcoin. Imagine what would happen to you if someone could take away your permission to use money and did. Bitcoin is really for everyone. Nobody has to be approved to use it. And when I say nobody, I mean nobody. Not now, not ever. Bitcoin doesn't even want to know your name. It can't. It also doesn't want to know your gender, your age, your income, your race, your politics, your driving record, your debts, your assets, your kinks, or any single thing at all about you. Have you got a large random number? Good, you can use Bitcoin. Hint, if you're reading this on a computer or phone, you can generate such a number. Got some Bitcoin you want to send to somebody else? Bitcoin doesn't care who they are either. Nobody is in charge of Bitcoin, so you don't need anyone's permission to use it. Why is Bitcoin like this? Because it is built to avoid having to trust any permission-granting institution and to outlast it too. Bitcoin is forever, wherever, for everyone. So if you're in Zimbabwe now, you can use it. If you're living in Antarctica in 200 years, that's fine. You see, countries will come and go. Companies will come and go. Rulers will come and go, but Bitcoin will still be here, operating independent of whether any particular countries, companies, and rulers exist. How does Bitcoin avoid its users having to get permission to use it? Remarkably, by not building users into its system at all. 
Bitcoin only knows that Bitcoins exist at numbers known as public keys, or more commonly, addresses derived from these public keys. And anyone can generate a public key and the associated top-secret private key that goes along with it. In fact, you can go ahead and generate millions of these private-public key pairs, and Bitcoin wouldn't have a clue if you were one person or a million people. I mean, it really doesn't even know or care that people exist. All Bitcoin cares about is that if you want to send some Bitcoin from one address to another, you can produce the computer-generated proof that you have the private key associated with where those Bitcoins are stored. That's it. It doesn't want to know who you are, what you're buying, why you're sending the coins, where the recipient is, or anything else for that matter. Now, this idea may initially bother you a little bit. Doesn't that mean criminals can use Bitcoin? Well, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but criminals can use other forms of money too. In fact, criminals have existed since long before Bitcoin was released in the year 2009. Moreover, in many places in the world, the real criminals are the tyrants in charge who label innocent civilians as criminals. So Bitcoin isn't taking any sides here. It doesn't even know people exist. So it sure as heck doesn't know that people have ideas like crimes. It just has this rule that you can spend Bitcoins if you know the right private key. And this rule will never change because it is rooted in the laws of nature. That's why Bitcoin is money for anyone, anywhere, anytime, everywhere and forever. Bitcoin is open to all races, all ages, all genders, all income ranges, all backgrounds and all beliefs. No systemic prejudice towards anyone, ever. By the way, that means a lot of people will choose to use Bitcoin. And the more that choose to use it, the more valuable it will become. Chapter 5. Why Bitcoin is the New Frontier If you love and welcome adventure, danger, and exploration, consider moving to Bitcoin. Once, it was the New World that represented the frontier. After, when the Americas became settled, we believed that space was the next and famously final frontier. But we have now an altogether new frontier to turn our attention to, and it is called Bitcoin. For those with the curiosity to look, Bitcoin has emerged as a vast and mysterious space to explore with treasures, dangers, and untold potential. And similar to the Statue of Liberty's beautiful but no longer true invitation, Bitcoin beckons to those who are tired, poor, and yearning to breathe free, to enter its realm and bask in the light of its gifts. The Bitcoin frontier exists atop the entirety of the earth and human civilization. It is accessible to practically anyone, anywhere. It beckons and rewards its explorers to discover new sources of energy. It encourages them to focus on long time horizons. It liberates them from arbitrary decrees of soul-sucking bureaucracies and institutions. Like any new frontier, though, the going is not easy. The exploration and development involve hard work, 
difficult challenges, extreme patience, and even danger to life and limb. But the reward promises a reclamation and even discovery of new freedoms essential for human thriving. Such freedoms are now disappearing from the world. Yet to those who choose Bitcoin, they are well worth the effort and the risk required to recapture them and rebuild them in an indestructible manner. So we go forth into this new frontier, bravely, curiously, openly, and transparently, and invite the world to watch us and join us. Bitcoin is truly a place that gets better with time and effort, and it is open for everyone to come to whenever they are ready. Chapter 6 Why It Takes Both Time and Energy to Make Bitcoins Since it takes your time and your energy to earn money honestly, and Bitcoin is honest money, it takes time and energy to make Bitcoins. To earn money, you have to put in time and work. So for the sake of fairness, it should also be the case that the creation of money itself takes time and work. But this is not the case with national currencies. Any arbitrary amount of dollars, euros, pesos, pounds, etc. can be conjured out of thin air instantly and with no work. The creation of this kind of money is therefore not tied to time and work. And so this method of the creation of money discourages people from working. It instead encourages people to seek handouts of this easy money. This isn't just welfare for the poor. It is mostly huge handouts for the very rich. Bitcoin fixes this. Creating Bitcoins requires time. Bitcoin, the system, guarantees that Bitcoins, its unit of currency, can only be created over a preset schedule of time. A small amount of Bitcoin is created every 10 minutes on average, with that amount getting cut in half every four years, leading to a maximum supply of 21 million Bitcoins ever. And creating Bitcoins also requires work. Nobody can conjure Bitcoins without proving that they worked to create them. The creation of Bitcoins is a giant competition between workers all over the world to win each reward that is won every 10 minutes on average. The more competitors and the more work they do, the harder it gets to win. So if you put in your time and your energy to earn money, wouldn't you want to choose a money that also requires the people who create it to have to put in their time and energy too? That money is Bitcoin, and it is the only money in the world now that gives fair treatment to people who put in their time and energy to earn money. Chapter 7 Why Bitcoin's Energy Use Is Not Environmentally Harmful You may have heard a criticism that Bitcoin uses lots of energy and that this is bad for the environment. This criticism is flawed. Please consider this rebuttal in three short parts. Part 1. Not all energy use is harmful to the environment. First, let us address a flawed presumption that all energy use is harmful to the environment. There are many forms of clean energy produced by nuclear and hydro mostly, but also increasingly wind and solar, that are far cheaper than energy created by fossil fuel. The part of Bitcoin that uses electricity, mining, 
is an intensely competitive business and by necessity uses the cheapest sources of energy available. A quick internet search will reveal that the cheapest sources of electricity come from clean energy. I leave this task to you to avoid being accused of cherry-picking one study over others making this claim. In fact, fossil fuel energy is far more expensive per megawatt than clean energy sources, and it is thus overwhelmingly used only in cases where energy needs to either be portable, which is not relevant to Bitcoin mining, but highly relevant in transportation, or uninterrupted, to supplement the fact that solar and wind are intermittent sources of energy since the nighttime and clouds obscure the sun and the wind doesn't always blow. Given the incentive to use the cheapest energy, Bitcoin mining migrates towards clean energy, since clean energy is the cheapest source of electricity. Part 2. Bitcoin is a very good use of energy. Let me begin the second point by acknowledging that Bitcoin does use lots of energy. Why this is a good thing is explained in this short article, link included. Bitcoin is transparent and honest about how much energy it uses, so this makes it an easy target to criticize. However, Bitcoin is sound money, better than our current system of money, and that is a very valuable thing for a civilization to have. It is arguably a far more worthwhile expenditure of energy than many other large uses of energy, such as sources of entertainment like social media or personal overconsumption like unhealthy processed food. Further, consider the energy used in military operations, the current banking system, and many other things we'd be better off with less of in our lives. Because Bitcoin increases in value over time, it incentivizes more saving and reduced spending. Bitcoin stands to correct unnecessary consumption, which includes significant energy misuse and waste. This leads me to the conclusion that it will almost certainly be a net benefit to the environment. Part 3. Bitcoin incentivizes the development of abundant clean energy. Thirdly and finally, I'd like to point out that Bitcoin mining actually encourages the development of ever-cheaper energy sources. This is a forward-looking point. Bitcoin's energy use actually incentivizes the invention of cheaper ways of generating energy than we have now. As an example, there are currently multiple initiatives to capture clean, stranded energy, which is impractical to ship or transmit. Bitcoin mining can be used immediately where this energy is generated, removing pressure on existing power sources used for other applications. Search the internet for Bitcoin Stranded Energy Mining to find numerous examples. I would not be surprised to see Bitcoin's incentive to use energy be the catalyst that finally pushes forward the actual development of fusion energy, space-based solar energy capture, and other exotic energy sources whose progress coincidentally stalled when fiat currency, also known as the petrodollar, replaced the gold standard. To see many examples of the impact that event had on the progress of our civilization, please take a few minutes to look at the website WTFHappenedIn1971.com for details. Such progress in energy production is good not only for Bitcoin mining, but also for the entirety of human civilization and the environment. Chapter 8 
Why Bitcoin is the best way to save money. What does the expression save money mean to you? Do you think it means putting dollars in a savings account at a bank? Let's take a closer look at this two-word expression we don't often think too much about. The word save has two meanings. The first is to keep and store up. The second meaning is to keep safe and rescue. This second is the one I'm interested in today. And what about money? I'll offer a definition because the dictionary presumes it is physical coins or banknotes, and that's badly outdated even before you consider the existence of Bitcoin. Simply put, money is an instrument that people use to store and transfer value. Now imagine if the instrument that people used to store and transfer value was under attack or was dying. We would need to rescue this instrument. We would need to save this instrument. We would need to save money. So you see, when I talk about saving money nowadays, I don't mean putting dollars into a bank. I mean finding a new instrument humankind can rely on to store and transfer value. The reason a new instrument is needed is because the old one isn't working anymore. For at least 50 years, government-issued money has been losing its buying power by a process we all know as inflation. A can of soup used to cost 10 cents. It now costs a dollar. Countless examples are available. A house has gone up tenfold in price, too. Inflation happens because there is political pressure put on the people who can create money to produce lots of it, and they lack the discipline to resist that pressure. Today, that pressure has reached a boiling point where trillions of dollars are created overnight multiple times a year. This destroys savings held in the form of dollars in, quote, savings accounts. Enter Bitcoin. Saving money. Bitcoin is here to rescue the very idea of money from its unprincipled overproduction by the undisciplined and unreliable human caretakers of the monetary system. In Bitcoin, there is no inflation. There are and only ever will be 21 million coins, each divisible into 100 million parts called satoshis. The coins will be released according to an unchangeable schedule over the next 100 plus years. They will be issued only to people who put in hard work to earn those bitcoins over that time frame. No political event can change the supply of bitcoins. This guaranteed scarcity combined with the requirement to do work for the new issuances of bitcoin reintroduces integrity into the monetary system but it does so only for the monetary instrument which has those characteristics, and that is Bitcoins and their subunits, Satoshis. So Bitcoin is literally here to save money from destruction. And if you want to save your money from destruction, you should convert it to Bitcoin. All right, before we get into chapter nine, why nobody can stop Bitcoin, let's take a minute for our sponsor, and let's hit our newest sponsor today, the Fold app. Literally, earn sats back on everything with the Fold debit card. I bought coffee this morning, and I got 1.8% back in sats. I bought gas yesterday and got 1.2% back. 
I am about to buy a $200 gift card for Amazon and I'm going to get 6% back because for the full card, I get 5%. I got a daily spin, which got me an extra 1%. And then I'm going to get a spin on the magic wheel of sats back, which I don't even know what it's going to be yet because it could be anything. It could be a free extra spin. It could be up to 100% back. I can even win a whole freaking Bitcoin. I don't know. It's, it's just a mystery. It's literally a game where you just get paid a random amount of sats for shit that you already do. My in-laws are spinning the sats wheel with their fold card. How are you not in on this yet? GuySwan.com slash fold gets you 5,000 sats for signing up, and you can just explore all the great stuff in the fold app. Don't be that depressing person who swipes their card at the store and just doesn't get sats. Those people literally just lose dollars and that's it. That's all they do. I think about those people and I am so sad. They spend $200 at the grocery store and it's like, that's it. They just don't have, they just have $200 less. No sats. Spin the fold wheel and get sats for that. Go to guyswan.com slash fold. Chapter nine, why nobody can stop Bitcoin. Just about every man-made thing can be stopped somehow. We can slam on a vehicle's brakes, or at least put an obstacle in its way. We can cut a machine's power. We can order an organization stopped by the courts or the armed forces if necessary. It seems like you can stop anything with some force that counters whatever keeps that thing going. So how could a thing like Bitcoin become unstoppable? Bitcoin employs two countermeasures to ever being stopped. Flawless replicas everywhere. Bitcoin's first defense from being stopped is that you can't actually locate it. It's hard, after all, to stop something that you can't find. A Bitcoin node is an instance of the Bitcoin program running on some computer. And each and every Bitcoin node is an exact replica of every other Bitcoin node in every way that matters, at least. Each node contains all the programming necessary to run Bitcoin, along with all the information about who can spend every single bit of every Bitcoin. If someone wanted to stop Bitcoin, they'd have to stop each and every node, everywhere in the world, all at once, and keep them all stopped forever. However, Bitcoin isn't hard to run. It can operate on the simplest of computers available today. Bitcoin can also hide behind encrypted services so that nobody can see where it's running. It is impossible to find all the computers in the world running Bitcoin. If someone were hunting down Bitcoin in an attempt to shut it down, they might find some nodes, or maybe even a lot of them. But as long as Bitcoin is running somewhere on some computer, it is running for everyone and anyone that can reach that computer. And reaching a computer is pretty easy, considering the internet connects just about every computer in the world to every other one. Even if someone managed to stop every node, as soon as any one of them restarted, Bitcoin would resume where it left off. If, in fact, someone was hunting down the world's Bitcoin nodes, any of them could go into sleep mode when the hunter came near and thus become completely invisible until that hunter moved on to find other prey. The first thing it would do when it awoke would be turn itself into a precise replica of all the other nodes out there. There's tens or maybe even hundreds of thousands of nodes running everywhere 
all over the world right now. There's no way to know exactly how many Bitcoin nodes are running. That makes it impossible to even know how hard a task it would be to try to stop Bitcoin. Flexible Energy Requirements Most things require some minimal amount of energy to operate. Bitcoin doesn't. Yes, Bitcoin uses energy. It uses energy to ensure that no node can trick any other node into becoming different from any of the others. This energy use is what prevents any node from ever mistaking which is the true record to replicate. The true record is the one with the most energy used. But exactly how much energy Bitcoin needs depends only on how much energy is actually being used. If someone managed to cut the power to even all but one of the nodes, eventually the energy requirements of Bitcoin would diminish so that just the last little node's power would be all that was needed to keep the network ticking along just fine. So Bitcoin can't be starved of the energy it needs, because it can operate on very little energy, if that's all it can get. Unfindable plus unstarvable equals unstoppable. Put it all together and you get unstoppability. Since nobody can physically find all the necessary parts they'd need to shut down Bitcoin, and nobody can starve Bitcoin of the energy it needs, nobody can stop it. There are many reasons it's important that nobody can stop Bitcoin. One is that Bitcoin itself is extremely important. Even more importantly, you need Bitcoin to become all that you can be. Chapter 10. Why and How Bitcoin Uses Energy You've heard Bitcoin uses lots of energy. This is true. You may have heard it wastes energy or does something useless with it. That is false. Here's how Bitcoin uses energy and why it uses it. Why does Bitcoin use energy? Bitcoin uses energy to ensure that every copy of the record of who owns which Bitcoins is identical. Making actual copies of that record, known as the blockchain, uses hardly any energy at all. What does take energy is ensuring that nobody can erase any previous entries, and that only one new set of entries can be added every 10 minutes, on average. Let's consider an example. If you own some Bitcoin, someone had to send it to you. That transaction was recorded in the blockchain, which as I've said is the record of where Bitcoins are. If someone could go back and erase that record, then you wouldn't have that Bitcoin anymore. So the first part of the answer to the question, why does Bitcoin use energy, is to prevent anyone from erasing any of its records. How does Bitcoin use energy? Bitcoin needs to create a digital record that can't be changed. This is done by literally baking energy into each record, so that erasing that record would require using more energy than all the energy which comes after the record is created. Let me simplify with an example. If I sent you some Bitcoin a year ago, the only way to erase that transaction, thus taking your money away, would be to try to rewrite Bitcoin's history since then. That would require using more energy than Bitcoin used over the entire year since that transaction was first recorded. That would take so long that by the time it was done, 
there would likely be another year or more of records to try to catch up with. It would also be incredibly expensive because energy costs money. And it might even be physically impossible, given how much energy that would require. It's simply too difficult a task to accomplish. So, Bitcoin uses energy to build an essentially uneditable record of all the Bitcoins in existence and who owns them. Side note, a fancy word for uneditable is immutable. Bitcoin is for anyone and everyone. Anyone in the world can make a copy of this record, keep it up to date, and ensure it is completely accurate and not tampered with. Bitcoin relies only on well-tested mathematical functions that let anyone prove with very little time and very little energy exactly how much energy went into creating each individual part, a block, of the entire record. Again, the block chain. This way, anyone can see for themselves that the record they hold is the true one. It also makes it hard to stop Bitcoin, because tens of thousands of people all over the world operate it. Why do people put energy into Bitcoin? Bitcoins are very scarce. There will only ever be 21 million, but each can be divided into 100 million parts. People choose to use costly energy because it's how they get to own the newly created scarce Bitcoins. Simply put, Bitcoin pays people in Bitcoin to put energy into Bitcoin. That may sound a little circular, so let me expand it out. Bitcoin pays people with scarce money for them to do work that secures that money for the benefit of everyone who uses that scarce and secure money. That actually sounds like a very fair system. If you're concerned about the environmental externality of this, please read this article. Link included. Conclusion Bitcoin uses energy to be the most secure money in history. In summary, because every watt of energy that Bitcoin consumes is used to prevent any altering of its records, Bitcoin is the most secure method of storing money that has ever existed. You can hopefully see that this energy is not wasted, but is put to good use, securing the scarcest, most valuable money humanity has ever seen. Chapter 11. Why Bitcoin's Imitators Are Scams The central issue in cryptocurrency is trust and the importance of not having to have any of it. Welcome, newcomer. You've, of course, heard of Bitcoin, and you've probably heard you can make or lose a lot of money on it. This chapter is intended to help you not lose money by explaining how to avoid falling for the biggest scam that separates newcomers to Bitcoin from their wealth. That scam is called crypto. Bitcoin is an invention of profound ingenuity, serving the very valuable purpose of being sound, incorruptible money for anyone in the world to use. However, Bitcoin is complicated, new, and about money. That creates fertile ground for predators looking to separate newcomers like you from their money. Because Bitcoin is incorruptible, these scammers must trick victims into handing over their money for something other than Bitcoin. 
they do this by making imitations of Bitcoin they call crypto. Sadly, they've gotten away with tricking lots of would-be buyers and holders of Bitcoin into trading money for these often completely worthless imitations. If you're brand new to this, how are you to know if something that claims to be newer, better, more technologically advanced, or even just as good as Bitcoin, is making a valid claim? It's not easy, but there is a three-word credo in the Bitcoin community that gets right to the very core. That credo is don't trust, verify. The ability to verify every single thing in Bitcoin is what makes it incorruptible. The strategy of scammers is to obtain your trust with bogus or irrelevant claims and then to betray it by giving you bogus or irrelevant tokens in exchange for your money. Curiously enough, these scammers will often want Bitcoin for their tokens, which right there might tell you everything you need to know. The typical crypto scam thus almost always has a smooth-talking, charismatic character at its helm, trying to gain your trust. Whether it's a boy genius who speaks in incomprehensible techno jargon, a libertarian rebel, a guy in a business suit with a nice accent, or someone dressed up like a magician, if there's someone in charge who you have to trust, that's the person who's going to make money at your expense. That's the person who made the tokens that they're trying to get you to buy. Any crypto which has spokespeople, leaders, or institutes must put its trust in these people, and thus, so must you. As a result, that crypto lacks the single most important feature, which is at the heart of Bitcoin, being incorruptible by human beings because Bitcoin puts no trust in human beings. Any crypto claiming to be better because it came after Bitcoin and has improved on some feature is luring you away from what matters most. New bells and whistles are irrelevant because trustlessness is the only important and necessary condition in this space. Thus, any crypto that relies on trust in some group of human beings is not a step forward from Bitcoin but a step right back into technologies that existed before Bitcoin. It is therefore not an advancement beyond Bitcoin, but a regression to the condition of the world before the invention of Bitcoin. Bitcoin has no spokesperson, no leader, no institute. Bitcoin puts trust in nobody. That's the genius of its invention. It is a system free of trust in human beings. This is why Bitcoin is often referred to as a, quote, trustless system. You can read Bitcoin's white paper and with a bit of effort understand how Bitcoin works to achieve trustlessness. You can't for any other crypto because none are trustless. But don't take my word for it. Verify. Chapter 12. Why everything that should hurt Bitcoin only makes it stronger. Bitcoin keeps getting stronger despite the fact that it confronts challenges of increasing difficulty from ever stronger opponents, although they don't stay its opponents for long. Bitcoin loves being attacked. Bitcoin especially likes it when something tries to kill it, and it's also very fond of people trying to ban it or trying to replace it with something, quote, better. 
When it comes to attacks on Bitcoin, the question isn't what's going to kill Bitcoin. It's what's going to make Bitcoin bigger, stronger, better, and more valuable. Bitcoin thrives when attacked. Bitcoin was born with many capabilities that protect it against the kinds of attacks that would instantly damage or destroy any person, company, or country. Yes, Bitcoin could survive a nuclear attack. Bitcoin can also develop new defenses that it previously lacked. It can add or learn new capabilities because it is software, and it strongly incentivizes people who own Bitcoins to create and install these defenses. Bitcoin is the greatest gladiator the world has seen. All of Bitcoin's battles take place out in the open. Each time Bitcoin successfully fends off a new attack in the real world, the whole world gets to see that Bitcoin is invulnerable to yet one more thing. As a result, observers can all see that Bitcoin has proven itself to be stronger than was believed. Some of these witnesses then begin to use Bitcoin, or to use it more than they had previously. This makes Bitcoin more valuable. When Bitcoin becomes more valuable, that usually attracts new attackers, allowing this glorious process to begin anew. Even when it comes to the very people who are attacking Bitcoin or those cheering them on, Bitcoin does not prevent them from using it when the attack is over, nor even during the attack for that matter. Bitcoin welcomes all its enemies as equally as it does its allies. Bitcoin is always ready to make peace with everyone, even with those who fought against it. Bitcoin holds no grudges against anyone and will treat its enemies exactly as it treats everyone else. Bitcoin grows from being attacked. One of the most significant ways Bitcoin grows is by proving itself capable of adapting to and surviving attacks. Many corporations and institutions are beginning to store their wealth in Bitcoin precisely for this reason. They once expected Bitcoin to die. In fact, many of them expected it to die because they tried to kill it by preventing their customers from accessing it. They now see that this strategy only hurts themselves, not Bitcoin. So now they are coming around, and in doing so, they are making Bitcoin more valuable and more widely adopted. The same is true of people who developed and invested in competitors to Bitcoin, expecting to kill it by replacing it. They couldn't match Bitcoin's unique features, but Bitcoin could patch into itself any improvements they may actually have had. Not every attack is easily defeated. Bitcoin has been through some very frightening and drawn-out battles. The most severe of these, in my opinion, was when powerful people within Bitcoin's ecosystem tried to betray it. But even in that worst-case example, Bitcoin dealt a lesson to all involved, enemy and ally alike, that it could resist such an attack. As such, it has demonstrated to all those stakeholders that it is pointless to mount such an attack ever again. Attack Bitcoin, please. This chapter is not meant to discourage anyone from attacking Bitcoin if they have some clever attack planned. Instead, it asks that they please do attack it and give it their very best shot. It's for the good of Bitcoin. Chapter 13 
Why Bitcoin is the Path to Economic Stability Some people are warned off of Bitcoin because of allegations of volatility. These allegations are misplaced. Bitcoin is actually extremely stable and in the long term will provide the world with greater economic stability precisely because of its predictable, reliable, and transparent guarantees. Bitcoin is extremely volatile, say the journalists, economists, and bankers. Is it, though? If you were on a boat that was being tossed about by rough seas and were looking out at a lighthouse on the shore, that lighthouse's position would appear extremely volatile. Here's why Bitcoin is like that lighthouse. Bitcoin is profoundly stable. Everything about Bitcoin's operation is actually perfectly stable. The supply of coins is issued precisely in the quantity and exactly according to the schedule that was set out on its launch. Bitcoin remains fully operational with not a single second of downtime in the last eight years and only two downtime events in its entire existence. Every critical aspect of Bitcoin, like its decentralization, remains in place and only gets stronger over time. No matter what the world has thrown at it, Bitcoin has kept all its promises. 1. It has prevented Bitcoins from ever being misspent or respent. 2. It has issued a precisely predictable supply. 3. It has allowed owners to spend coins without restriction. 4. It has allowed anyone in the world to use Bitcoin. 5. It has allowed anyone in the world with a basic computer to verify all of these facts for themselves without having to trust anybody else. There have been no exceptions. How could anyone call this volatile? Bitcoin's adoption is a mass migration towards its stability. When critics call Bitcoin volatile, it is not meant to be a compliment. They are implying that stability is preferable to volatility. This much is correct. They are just mistaken about what stability is. Bitcoin's incredible stability and reliability, as described above, is precisely what is attracting such large and growing numbers of people, corporations, institutions, and governments to adopt it in ever greater degrees. As Bitcoin's adoption increases, its value, as measured in dollars, rises profoundly, albeit with wild short-term fluctuations as markets try to figure out just how valuable it is becoming. What's volatile is national currencies. The worst of the national currencies around us are in a state of collapse. Venezuela's Bolivar has lost 99% of its value against the U.S. dollar in just a year at the time of this writing. However, even the British pound has experienced 17% volatility in ups and downs relative to the U.S. dollar in the same one-year period. If we hold national currencies up to the standard of stability described above, none even offer any of Bitcoin's promises. None offer any promises of predictability of supply, and many, including the dollar, have seen massive supply increases in recent times. 
None are entirely resistant from being seized by crooks or authorities. None offer their holders unrestricted permission to use them. Regulations exist that require owners to identify themselves and declare their uses for values above certain thresholds. None offer access to every citizen of the world. Many specifically embargo people from other nations from using them. And none can have their supply verified or audited independently. It's doubtful if even the authorities in charge actually know the supply that exists. Bitcoin is the path from volatility and opaqueness to predictability and transparency. In light of all of this, it is no surprise that Bitcoin is increasingly being chosen over national currencies. Bitcoin's steady and unbreakable assurances give the world a stable standard upon which its people can reliably trade with one another across any distance, in any value, and over any period of time. And this reliability is exactly what will lead to greater global economic stability. Chapter 14. Why Bitcoin is the world's most inclusive institution. How was Bitcoin designed to make it resist human biases towards unfair discrimination? And what does this mean for the ultimate adoption and value of Bitcoin? Inclusivity is good, but hard. Eliminating discrimination in institutions seems like an unwinnable battle. We see case after case of powerful decision-makers at institutions unfairly discriminating against other people. While we all know this is a problem, or at least not ideal, we don't know how to solve it. We speak out against it, protest, pass laws, and prosecute against discrimination. However, in the end, we know that human fallibility means we can't entirely get rid of discrimination in any institution that has humans in positions of power. Nobody is in charge of Bitcoin. Bitcoin has a novel solution to the humans discriminate problem. The solution is that Bitcoin removes humans from the equation of who is permitted to use it. Bitcoin's unique construction means that nobody is in charge of any aspect of it. If the mathematical conditions to send Bitcoins from one place to another check out, the transaction clears. By having nobody in any role which could discriminate against anybody's use of it, Bitcoin avoids any human biases. Everybody can use Bitcoin. Since nobody is in charge of Bitcoin, nobody can exclude anybody else from using it. And voila, it follows that everyone can use Bitcoin. No other institution in the world is built to allow everybody to use it to the extent Bitcoin is. This makes it the world's most inclusive institution. You don't need an invitation. You don't need to live in any particular country. You don't need a home address. You don't need government-issued photo identification. You can be any age, any race, any gender. You don't ever need to tell Bitcoin anything about yourself to use it. All you need is to run the software. In fact, you don't even need to do that, but you should. Money, to be valuable, must be widely used. Nobody is forced to use Bitcoin. 
Anyone can come and go freely. Everyone who uses Bitcoin voluntarily consents to using it. Its use is a personal choice. By being open to all people of the world, and its robots too, Bitcoin becomes more widely used with every passing day. Bitcoin may, in the not-too-distant future, become the most widely accepted money ever to exist. Why? The more widely used Bitcoin is, the more valuable it becomes. And as it becomes more valuable, Bitcoin can be used for more purposes, and that encourages even more people to choose to use it. This virtuous cycle repeats over and over in a positive feedback loop driving up both the users of Bitcoin and its value. As there are no limits on who can use it, the sky's the limit for how many users and how much value Bitcoin ultimately obtains. It may not be long before the world's most inclusive institution also becomes its most participated in institution, and possibly even its most valuable one. If so, Solving the inclusion problem will have turned out to be very valuable in more ways than one. Chapter 15. Why You Should Care About Bitcoin Do you care about money? Do you care about civilization? You should probably care about Bitcoin then. Money has always accompanied civilization and changed alongside it. Since the dawn of civilization, money has been a part of it. As civilization advanced, the instrument people used for money changed with it. People once used seashells, then beads, then salt, and then metal coins as money. Today, the most common instrument is government-issued paper or digital records. We know this money as some unit of currency issued by some authority, like, for example, the U.S. dollar, or the Mexican peso, or the European euro. Each time the instrument that was money changed, you can imagine what happened to the people who had lots of the old instrument. They went from being very wealthy to having a bunch of seashells, or beads, or piles of salt, or antique coins or stacks of worthless paper. The next change is happening right now. It isn't happening because of Bitcoin. It is happening because of what we currently use as money is losing its integrity, and people are in need of a substitute. In some cases, national currencies have already failed or are clearly in the process of doing so. But it is happening to Bitcoin. It is happening because one by one, more and more people are voluntarily choosing Bitcoin to be their preferred money. Some are choosing it because its rules are incorruptible. Others are choosing it because it keeps becoming more valuable. Many are choosing it because they see it as a path to long-term economic stability. There are many reasons people are choosing Bitcoin, but regardless of each reason, it is happening. You, too, have a choice. You can disregard what is happening. If you do this, you risk being left behind like those who held on to beads or seashells when those ceased to be instruments people used for money. 
Alternatively, you can learn about what is happening and act accordingly. If you do this, you will be able to adapt along with our civilization and its money. You may find that this choice will make you care about money. I'm not talking about simply desiring to personally possess a lot of money. I'm talking about caring about money's integrity because it is such an essential part of a functioning, healthy, vibrant, and robust civilization. As this happens, you will likely conclude that Bitcoin is the instrument most finely tuned to supporting such a civilization. And this will lead you to care about Bitcoin, and quite possibly even to care for it. Chapter 16 why Bitcoin is so much more than money. Don't just think of Bitcoin as a new type of money. Think of the implications of a money that doesn't have borders or institutions limiting it. Cars turned out to be so much more than just another way to get around. Automobiles didn't simply replace the horse and buggy. Rather, Cars ushered in an age of massive mobility, where billions of people could safely move around at previously unattainable speeds and at practically any time. This led to an explosion in the number of places that people could go to, because cars made it possible to create so many new places and have them thrive. Cars liberated people, and the result was profoundly transformational on the lives of everyone. They changed the world. However, in the early days of the automobile, it was not entirely clear that any of this was going to happen. Cars weren't yet faster than horses. They were vastly outnumbered by horses. Roads weren't designed for them. There were no highways even. That all changed in time. Now it's Bitcoin's turn to change the world. The same phenomenon is afoot today with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a massive improvement over previous forms of money on every dimension that relates to money and finance. It is secure, scarce, and accessible to everyone in the world. It can be sent anywhere in the world. It lasts forever. It is predictable, auditable, verifiable, and divisible. It is simply profoundly superior. As was the case with the build-out of infrastructure for automobiles, including roads, highways, gas stations, auto manufacturers, and so on, Bitcoin's build-out will lead to a transformation of our society. Just as cars are everywhere now, Bitcoin will be everywhere soon. It will be able to be sent instantly and cheaply to anyone, anywhere in the world, enabling previously unimagined relationships and interactions between people, companies, and organizations. As this transformation happens, Bitcoin is liberating people from the limitations that previous forms of money imposed on us. It provides freedom from reliance on institutions to store and transfer money, from inflation that is destroying the value of savings and which forces overconsumption in the short term in ways that are unhealthy to people and the planet, from the high costs of sending and converting money across international borders, from limited banking hours, from delays in banking, from minimum transaction sizes, from spiraling personal and national debt, 
and from many more limitations today's money has. It eliminates the constraints of today's financial system. When Bitcoin achieves mass adoption, our civilization will have taken a leap forward that is just as dramatic as the comparison between the present day and the horse and buggy era. Like the automobile did, Bitcoin will make possible countless new successful ideas which were previously neither viable nor even imaginable. Don't limit your thinking of Bitcoin merely to it being a new type of money. Consider instead that it is an invention that will change the world. And speaking of things that will change the world, the reason Bitcoin is so powerful is because you can own it without anyone else's permission. You can hold your Bitcoin keys and nobody can freeze your account, nobody can steal them, no law can prevent you from using them. But this is only if you are holding your own keys. This is why the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet was engineered to keep those keys incredibly secure. You don't want hackers getting into your mobile wallet and draining all of your coins. You don't want your, you know, your exchange freezing your account because you live in the wrong country. You want your Bitcoin on your Bitbox O2. You want to know that they are safe, that you own the keys, that the coins themselves are under your control. The Bitbox O2 hardware wallet is a digital vault for exactly that. And for those who have yet to actually get their first hardware wallet, the Bitbox O2 is actually one of the simplest and most intuitive to set up and use if you're, if you're new to this. So go to guyswan.com bitbox, swan with two N's, and use code guy to get a 5% discount when you get your hardware wallet, plus any of the other great security items at the Shift Crypto store. Again, guyswan.com bitbox, and don't forget coupon code GUY for 5% off. Chapter 17 Why Bitcoin is not like anything you've ever seen before Maybe the best way to start to understand Bitcoin is to understand what it isn't and clear your mind of some presuppositions that don't apply to it. Perfection is achieved not when there is nothing more to add, but when there is nothing left to take away. Antoine de Saint-Exupéry Bitcoin is so different from anything we've ever seen before that it is helpful to newcomers to first show them what it is not. In doing so, we often use words that are the opposites of ones we typically use to describe things we are familiar with. Bitcoin is not like any organization that anyone has ever encountered before. Bitcoin is missing a lot of features we see in just about every organization. Bitcoin has no leader, no employees, no headquarters, no center of operations, no government, no rulers of any type, no elections, no location, no physical or intellectual property, no assets, and no money. It is not even incorporated or legally constituted in any manner anywhere on earth. Bitcoin's design rejects all of these common features of organizations. Bitcoin sees these features not only as unnecessary, but as undesirable. 
This is because it recognizes that each is a vulnerability. Bitcoin deals with such vulnerabilities by not having them in the first place. If any of these features were in Bitcoin, it could lead to Bitcoin halting, being taken over, becoming corrupted, or being destroyed. By removing them, Bitcoin becomes unstoppable, uncontrollable, incorruptible, and indestructible. By eliminating all vulnerabilities, Bitcoin becomes invulnerable. These intentional omissions are the genius in its design, which makes Bitcoin valuable and indispensable. What then is Bitcoin? If Bitcoin isn't any of these things, what then is it? Bitcoin is a mechanism organizing people and computers to make one unerasable digital document. Unerasable is also known by the fancier terms immalleable or immutable. That document is a record of its own history. It can only be added to over time, not edited nor erased. This record's past is preserved beneath layer upon layer of proof of the energy used in creating it. Erasing any recent records requires so much energy as to be impractical, and erasing older ones is effectively impossible. There's even more that Bitcoin doesn't do. Bitcoin doesn't keep track of the identities of the people or machines that use it, making it permissionless. It doesn't increase the supply of Bitcoins to meet demand, making it deflationary and inviolate. It doesn't force itself on anyone, making it consensual. It doesn't exclude anyone from using it, making it inclusive. Bitcoin sets out to do one thing and one thing only, to be the best money that humankind has ever had and will ever have, and it is uncompromising in its singular mission. In being this, Bitcoin makes possible a much brighter future for humankind and the Earth. Chapter 18 Why Bitcoin is the Most Important Thing Happening in the World There's a lot wrong in the world right now. Bitcoin aims to get to the heart of the matter. The Magical Miracle of Money Money is a tool unique to humans. It coordinates human activities and allows for voluntary cooperation between people on a scale so grand as to dwarf anything that we could accomplish without it. Take a minute to consider any product you recently bought. Think about how many people had to work to get the materials for it, manufacture it, package it, warehouse it, stock it, and ship it. Yet you didn't have to talk to a single one of them. You just had to get some money to one business without having to think about any of this, let alone having to try to organize it. The sophistication of coordinating human activity that money allows for is far beyond what anyone can plan. It seems miraculous or magical when contemplated in this regard. Money creates civilization. Given access to it, 
Humans will use sound money to create a civilization in which an overwhelming majority of them can apply their talents and time to obtain their essential needs and other values that will delight and inspire them. As they develop and their inspiration drives them towards greater accomplishments, money allows civilization itself to adapt by re-coordinating human action. The Destroyer Dark Magic Money Unfortunately, there are people who tamper with money and its magnificent coordination process. Thieves try to obtain money by taking it by force. Fraudsters obtain money by promising something in exchange and not delivering on the promise. There are lawmakers who think they can better coordinate human action by decreeing restrictions on economic interactions. And then there are the central banks who monopolize and control money itself so that its magical benefits are distorted, destroyed, or even reversed. We and our money have been under their control since 1971, with startling consequences. For most people reading this, that means you've lived in darkness your whole life. Take a minute to think of the biggest goal of those who have taken over money. They claim that it is desirable that money lose its purchasing power over time. If money isn't losing enough purchasing power quickly enough for them, they intentionally take action to destroy its purchasing power faster. They claim this will get people to consume more quickly and that this will be good for the economy. They use their control over money to drive unnecessary, unwanted consumption in the short term by destroying people's ability to save for the long term. The father of their movement, John Maynard Keynes, justified this by saying, in the long term, we are all dead. In the long term, we can and should thrive. We are not all dead in the long term. For one, we each live longer, healthier, and happier lives when we focus on the long term and are permitted to plan for it. Eating well and in moderation, exercising, developing preventions and cures for disease all extend our individual lives. Saving for the future lets us live without anxiety over how we will care for ourselves later in life. Moderating short-term consumption preserves scarce resources and the entire environment for the future of all people who will ever live. Long-term focus allows us to embark on multi-generation projects. These were common in the ages before central banks took over money. Now the world has been stripped of them. Magic Internet Money Can Rescue Humankind and the Earth Good money that allows humanity to coordinate its activities peacefully for the long term is desperately needed. It is good for individuals. It is good for humanity as a whole. It is good for the environment. Bitcoin is this money. It is not controlled by anyone, and it is designed to last for the ages. Bitcoin is the invention we need to recover from the self-destructive, greedy, inhuman trends casting darkness over our civilization. Chapter 19 Why Bitcoin is Worthy of Being Loved Why do so many people love Bitcoin? 
Why might it be worthy of your love? How does one earn and keep the love of others? Love is conditional. First, to be loved, one must be worthy of love by offering something of irreplaceable value to those who will love it. One must never taint the love through any betrayal of that worthiness. One must be prepared to be wholly scrutinized, without restriction, by those who evaluate it. Anything less than complete honesty and transparency would be concealment, perhaps of something that is not worthy of love. Bitcoin meets these conditions of being love-worthy. Bitcoin says to every individual on earth, I offer you the greatest instrument of money that has ever existed. My construction ensures this instrument's supply is capped and knowable to you. It cannot be taken from you by force. You can give whatever portion of what you own to whoever you want to give it to for any reason. You can use it to store the efforts of your work for any duration of your choosing, even one that extends beyond your lifespan or the existence of the nation in which you reside. I am bound to keep these commitments to you by nothing less than the inviolable laws of physics. Look upon me and you can verify all of these claims. I ask not for your trust. I stand before you naked, open, and transparent. You can inspect every part of me. My code is open and public. My records are public. You are welcome to keep copies and verify their accuracy continuously. If you can find any flaw in my claims, you may change me to correct me. But it must truly be a flaw, for I am watched over by millions of others, and they will prevent any changes to me that will lead to a betrayal of my commitments. I will never force you to accept me, let alone love me. However, whenever you are ready, I will be here ready with my offer. I will never reject you under any circumstance, no matter what actions you have taken before. I am here to be judged, but I do not judge you. Bitcoin is magnificent. Bitcoin is a completely transparent and consensual system of reliable money for every human being on earth all who are now alive and all who will ever live. It is an extraordinary invention. There is a saying that the love of money is the root of all evil. However, that saying refers to any individual's greed to personally obtain excessive amounts of it at any cost. Loving a system of good, sound, honest, and transparent money because it is good for you for humanity and for the earth, cannot be evil. Loving it is the rational and emotional response to experiencing such a system of money. Bitcoin has earned the love of millions. If it hasn't yet earned yours, it awaits patiently for whenever you are ready. Chapter 20. Why Bitcoin is so complicated. If you've been told Bitcoin is too complicated, consider that lots of things like computers, cars, and airplanes are also very complicated, yet you still use them because they give you something you can't get from any simpler technology. 
I don't believe we shall ever have a good money again before we take the thing out of the hands of government. We can't take it violently. All we can do is by some sly roundabout way introduce something that they can't stop. F.A. Hayek, 1984 Don't fault Bitcoin for being complicated. Bitcoin came into existence in 2009 in a very complicated world. That world was already built on a shaky foundation made up of extremely complicated entities and processes. It was a world of central banks, organizations that aren't private but also aren't public. It was a world containing over a quadrillion dollars of very complex derivative financial instruments whose extreme price volatility had led to multiple economic crises. It was a world where banks needed multiple bailouts to save them from collapse. Despite the clear weaknesses in this system, as Hayek observed in the quote above, those in charge of the system were not about to let go of their control of money. And they had the tanks, drones, jet fighters, and aircraft carriers. To become good money, Bitcoin had to be Hayek's sly, roundabout way that they can't stop. Survival in a complicated world. Which brings us here. Bitcoin is the first digital monetary network that could not be stopped, taken over, or broken by adversaries such as governments, competitors, hackers, banks, or anyone else for that matter. In this complicated world, Bitcoin needed to be a system whose leaders could not be threatened or bribed. So it opted to have no leaders. In fact, it opted to leave out every part of an organization that could possibly be compromised. This made Bitcoin unlike anything we've seen before. Bitcoin replaced all these corruptible features with incorruptible mathematical functions and rules based on the laws of physics. Neither math nor the laws of physics can be stopped or overcome by man-made laws, by force or by deception. This is how Bitcoin defends itself from threats and attacks by governments, hackers, and other opponents. It is the only way. Bitcoin is actually not, therefore, sly, since it uses no deception. It turns out everything around us is complicated. Bitcoin seems complicated to many of us because we haven't studied the mathematical discoveries it utilizes or how it puts them together to fulfill the requirements of a good money. However, our computers are also very complicated, and few of us understand how they work. The same goes for even our automobiles, refrigerators, and the internet we rely on. But we know those things work, most of the time at least. Bitcoin also doesn't break down. If you want good money for yourself, choose Bitcoin. You don't have to understand everything about it, but it is entirely open and transparent, so if you want to, you can. Why should you want a good money in the first place? Learning that is also a somewhat complicated journey. But a good start is understanding that a healthy, sustainable civilization requires it. Chapter 21. Why you shouldn't be afraid of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is new and you'll need to learn about it. But the benefits are well worth the effort and the community is here to help. We fear what we believe is dangerous. 
The purpose of fear is to keep us away from that which will harm us. However, we have no way of automatically knowing what can harm us. That which is unknown to us may be dangerous or beneficial. We need to somehow learn which it is and under which circumstances. A knife is a good example. It can be quite dangerous, but when we learn to wield it safely, it is a tool we can use to prepare food, which is beneficial. We often start life fearing knives, but come to view them merely as useful tools. Learning is a gradual process. The first time you tried to stand up, you fell down. But with practice, you got better. The same happened as you learned to walk and eventually to run. When it came to walking, you knew it was something you wanted to do. You could see all the other people around you doing it, and you could see the benefit of being able to get where you wanted to be. When it came to learning different skills, you may have wanted to learn some more than others, and that in part is what led you to being you. Don't let others instill fear in you. Someone could have tried to scare you off of learning to run. Maybe someone even did. It's bad for your knees, they might have warned. Some warnings are fair, but most are overblown. Most people can, in fact, learn to run safely without destroying their knees. Why learn to use Bitcoin? Bitcoin is a new form of something that just about every human being needs to use every day. Money. Bitcoin is quickly becoming superior to all forms of money, including what we use now. If you want to be able to use money to buy things in the future, it's already the best choice you have for saving. Don't fear Bitcoin. Learn it. Perhaps even master it. When it comes to Bitcoin, don't let others scare you into believing that it is a scheme to take your money or that it is dangerous to the environment. It is neither. Like all new things, Bitcoin takes time to understand and become proficient at. However, as described above, fearing a new thing before understanding it can lead you to mistakenly thinking that it is dangerous when it is, in fact, very beneficial. Recognize first that Bitcoin is not an all-or-nothing bet. You can learn gradually. You can start by acquiring just a little bit of Bitcoin, and then you can both learn about it and experiment with it. If you mess up and lose it all, while it's only a little bit, it'll be just like that time you learned to stand up after trying and falling down at first. Eventually, you'll understand more and be more practiced. In time, you'll become comfortable and even expert, just like you have with so many other things that you've learned. Bitcoin is also a community of teachers and coaches. You will find that the Bitcoin community is incredibly eager to share with you what they've learned and to help guide you on your learning journey. Bitcoiners, as we call ourselves, have enthusiasm and passion for a world of reliable, sound, and honest money that welcomes everyone in the world to use it. We will explain things to you, answer your questions, and try to protect you from hurting yourself too much, although some painful lessons may be in store for you anyways. In time, we hope you'll come to appreciate and benefit from the advantages Bitcoin offers. In fact, perhaps you'll become so enamored by it that you'll join those who sing its praises to other newcomers, like you once were. Chapter 22. Why Bitcoin's Lightning Network is Incredible. 
Bitcoin's design had to make some trade-offs, but the incredible invention of Lightning Network not only fixes some, but makes possible previously unimagined applications. How Sending Money Using Banks Works Your bank holds your money. They also hold the money of lots of other people. When you send money to one of those people, the bank takes it out of your account and gives it to the other person's. However, your bank doesn't hold everyone's money. To send money to someone who has an account at another bank, you need your bank to have an account with that bank. For you to send money to people at that other bank, your bank takes the money from you, and they tell the other bank to take the same amount out of their account with that bank and to give it to the person you're sending it to. For all this to work, everyone needs to open accounts at banks. This makes banks very profitable and very powerful. Bitcoin is about taking back the power and the money. In Bitcoin, we remove institutions that hold power over us. We take back both the power and the money. Bitcoin is beautiful because it makes a lot of things that were impossible before possible. Things like economic stability, increasing purchasing power of savings, inclusivity, and equal treatment for all. However, this requires trade-offs. A traditional Bitcoin transaction is not like those in bank accounts. It is more like sending someone cash. However, the invention of the Lightning Network allows a single Bitcoin transaction to take on the properties of bank accounts we want. Lightning bestows a new ability on Bitcoin. Connections. With Lightning, I can connect some of my Bitcoin to you, and then I can send portions of it to you, and you can send portions of that back to me, like we could if we both held accounts on the same bank. Except, we don't need the bank anymore. We're the ones making the changes to the balances between us. We also don't need to make any more traditional Bitcoin transactions to do this. Plus, if I want to send money to someone who I have not connected to, but who you are connected to, I can. Just like the example with multiple banks, I give you some money through our connection, and you give the same amount to that person through your connection to them. We can chain together transfers like this across dozens of connections, so I can send money to someone many degrees of separation away from me. This happens instantly and automatically without people having to be present for any of it. The Lightning Network allows participants to send Bitcoin amounts in milliseconds without paying the fees or waiting the time it takes for traditional Bitcoin transactions. Getting on the Lightning Network Like the banking system, people who want to use the Lightning Network need to get on it. The best way to get on Lightning is to run the software a Bitcoin node, Lightning node, and Lightning graphical interface. This is not hard. A small, inexpensive piece of plug-and-play hardware that's easy to set up is all you need. Once it's up and running, you can put some Bitcoin into the Lightning node and open up one or more connections. Then you can send Bitcoin instantly and cheaply. Incredible Possibilities Lightning goes beyond giving us back control over our money. Since transactions are instant, nearly free, can be incredibly small, and can be automated, 
Lightning Network opens up a world of incredible new possibilities. Ideas like streaming money, instant international remittances, and more are all being rolled out. What we'll end up seeing is going to be limited only by the imagination of Bitcoin's brilliant, creative, and growing community. Additional Notes Lightning is not precisely like the banking system. For one, there's no banks. There's also much more privacy. However, receiving money is not as easy as just opening a connection, aka a channel. To receive payments, users either need to make space to receive it by spending the amount you're trying to receive, or they need someone to open a connection to them. If people are not connected through any route of connections, they need to open connections with each other. These limitations will become much less of an issue as the network grows. Chapter 23. Why We Need Bitcoin Life can and should be an incredible experience lived out in an incredible world. We can make it happen, but we need something special for that. You're magnificent. You are magnificent. You're a once-in-the-history-of-the-universe event. Nothing quite like you has ever existed before. And when you're gone, nothing exactly like you will ever exist again. When you're truly being yourself, nobody can do what it is that you do in the special way that only you can. Nobody can appreciate the joy of it quite as much as you can, because only you fully experience being yourself. You're unique and special and extraordinary. You're here to do what you do and to enjoy getting to do it and also to be genuinely appreciated for doing it by those people who genuinely appreciate you for being you. There is no greater feeling in the world than that. Before we move on, take 10 seconds to really realize how much you love yourself deep down inside. Now take 10 seconds more to realize just how much you want to be you, how much you love to be you. An age of wonder awaits. We live in an age with all the resources to make something truly magnificent possible. We can make a world in which you and so many others have the ability to live long enough and with enough wealth to fully be yourselves and thus to fully experience who you are. The wealth I'm talking about is not wealth in the sense of luxuries whose purpose is to show off how much money someone has. Those things are pretend wealth. People pretend to get happiness from those, but such luxuries contribute nothing when it comes to us being ourselves. The wealth I am talking about is the wealth to free you to be yourself and to be free from unnecessary, unhealthy worries. We already have enough knowledge to produce so much abundance it is beyond imagination. That wealth can grow by incredible leaps and bounds, as humankind learns how to do more magnificent things from the discoveries and efforts of people who are being their most magnificent selves. You experiencing you being yourself and seeing other people being themselves is the true feeling of being wealthy. It is the feeling of freedom. We need one more thing to enter this age. To enter this age where we can be our magnificent selves, we need something in particular. The choices we make 
about what we do with our time and energy need to be choices we can rely on. However, if masters exist who can wave their wands over us and make our previous efforts suddenly worth less or worthless, we become disconnected from ourselves. We end up playing a game of trying to anticipate the whims of those masters becoming their puppets, or we plead with them to bestow their favor upon us becoming beggars. But we are not puppets and we are not beggars. We are each magnificent, heroic human beings. The thing we need to set us free is sound money. We need a tool which every human being can use to objectively judge what value they put on their time and energy. We need an instrument whose integrity cannot be manipulated by anybody, no matter how rich or how powerful. We need money that we can rely on at any place and any time to exchange what we do magnificently for what others do magnificently. We need to be in control of our lives if we are to be ourselves. Without sound money, we are under someone else's control. To become our magnificent selves, we need sound money. We need Bitcoin. Chapter 24 Why the Bitcoin community is growing so fast and getting so large. When anybody in the world is welcome to participate in a system that's solving a problem everyone in the world has, it's not surprising that it would attract huge numbers of committed devotees. Let's use our imaginations. Imagine a company that had great engineers and developers all volunteering to work for free out of their passion for its product. Imagine also that they each had purchased an ownership stake in it. Suppose the volunteers also included mathematicians, philosophers, teachers, entrepreneurs, risk-taking adventurers, and even all the users of the company's product. And nobody took any salary. No bosses, no job descriptions, no discrimination. Why stop there? Let's also imagine that there was no structure to this company. Nobody hired or fired anybody. Volunteers would simply show up, contribute what they could whenever they could. Full-time or part-time, permanently or temporarily. There would be no strategic plan, no job descriptions, no CEO, and no human resources department. Literally anyone, anywhere in the world, could join. No systemic discrimination of any kind. A very simple, unchanging product. One last thing about this imaginary company. It has only one product, and nobody can change it. Not unless pretty much everybody agrees to the change. There are no votes where the majority would rule. Any change requires a consensus of these stakeholding volunteers. Now, are you ready to hear what this company's unchangeable product is that everyone's so excited about? Here it is. The company's product is keeping a record of who holds what stake in the company. Yep, it's just keeping a record about its owners. If you're not excited by this yet, read on just a bit more. Global competition that everyone in the world uses already. First, however, I'll need to say a few words about this company's main competitors and their products. 
The competitors are agencies from all over the world who employ appointed bureaucrats to manage the world's economies. And their product is money. Literally, it's money. Yes, the money that you have to work for. Did you ever think there's someone who produces this money? It's these guys. But this money is not good money. It's money that does not earn any real interest. Money that loses its purchasing power to inflation. Money that's prone to getting confiscated through taxation or outright seizure. Worse, while you have to work for this money, others don't. This money is given out to some people and companies without them working for it at all. Lots of it. It's a thoroughly lousy system when it really comes down to it. Plenty of people in the world really want an alternative to it once they realize that may be possible. Getting excited yet? Once you've got such awful competition and you and everyone else needs to use the product, the opportunity and motivation to create a better choice is extremely high. That's why everybody's so excited about this company's product, because its product is sound money. Money that can't be created or seized by bureaucrats and can't be handed out to elites and insiders who sit in privileged positions. Want to join? So with all that behind us now, let me ask you this. Would you invest in this imaginary company? Would you participate in it? At first glance, this whole thing seems crazy. But hey, it's a crazy world we live in. Maybe this is so crazy that it just might work. After all, every volunteer wants to make the company worth as much as possible. Every person in the world can volunteer. So this might get everybody in the world involved. And nobody can mess up the product. That's pretty good. And the talent is deep and diverse, making the technology behind it incredible. Maybe it could just work. No such company exists. Now, of course, there's no such company in the world as the one I described. A company that tried to make sound money would get shut down in a heartbeat. However, there is Bitcoin. Bitcoin can't be shut down because it's not a company. It has no CEO or employees and no location. It just runs on volunteers' efforts and on their computers. Yet every one of the things in our imaginary company above is true about Bitcoin. Bitcoin attracts a multitude of great people. Getting to play a role in creating a desperately needed sound money for the whole world inspires, motivates, and rewards multitudes of diverse, smart, and principled people. Bitcoin has come a long way in a short time in its mission to provide sound money to the world. People are noticing. They're joining the community by taking a stake in Bitcoin and devoting time to it. Since anybody can join, eventually, maybe everyone will. Meanwhile, it is no surprise that Bitcoin's bright, dedicated, passionate, and principled community grows by legions every single day. Chapter 25 Why Bitcoin Exists Why did this thing get invented again? Maybe we should understand the problem it was trying to solve. This chapter aims to do exactly that. Why create Bitcoin? Why did anyone bother to create Bitcoin? 
What problems were they trying to solve? If you're new to this idea of a digital asset that has something to do with the mysterious field of cryptography, these are some of the questions that are probably on your mind. That is, if you're even asking questions, rather than getting caught up in the excitement of something new you don't understand, but heard you could get rich from. Bitcoin was created to serve a very specific purpose. Bitcoin was engineered to serve that purpose precisely. The purpose of creating Bitcoin was to provide reliable money that would serve all mankind forever. That's a pretty lofty goal, serving all of mankind forever. But was there even a problem in the first place? Is our money unreliable? Does it fail to serve all mankind? Is it only here for a short time? The sad fact is that the answer to all these questions is yes. Our money is unreliable. It loses its purchasing power through inflation. We experience volatile economic cycles that destroy capital, jobs, wealth, and stability. Our money does not serve all mankind. Many middlemen take unreasonable fees to hold and transmit money. It is expensive to use abroad since it must be converted at a significant cost. Many people in the world lack access to the banking system. That system serves elites far, far better than it serves ordinary people. Our money will likely only be here for a short time. Currencies are rapidly losing purchasing power and even collapsing all the time. Paper money decreed into existence by governments has failed every time that it has been implemented throughout history. And sadly, we can't turn back the clock and go to the past when gold was money, or at least to when currency was backed by gold. Gold is simply not secure from seizure and far too difficult and expensive to transmit in an international, worldwide economy. Bitcoin fixes this. Bitcoin was created through an ingenious and meticulous combination of technologies to, for the first time, provide money that is reliable, serves all mankind, and will work forever. Nothing like it has ever existed before. Bitcoin is free of inflation. Its supply will never exceed 21 million coins, each divisible into 100 million units called satoshis. Its emission schedule, which will last for over 100 years, is fixed and unalterable. Bitcoin is for all mankind. There are no elites who can manipulate it. Nobody can conjure Bitcoins effortlessly out of thin air to distribute that freshly conjured supply to themselves or cronies who support them. Nobody can be prevented from using Bitcoin. It does not recognize any authorities who would prevent people from using it. And Bitcoin is forever. It depends only on the laws of physics to operate, and these will stay in effect as long as the universe exists. Bitcoin is not here for people to get rich. Getting rich in terms of a form of money that itself will lose purchasing power and be gone someday might not be such a worthwhile thing to focus your attention on. With Bitcoin, you can keep what you've earned, which is a lot better than hoping to get lucky or having to outsmart everyone in financial speculations where elites and insiders already have unfair advantages. To you, 
Bitcoin is reliable money that can serve you for the rest of your life so that you can focus on being your true self instead of a victim of a broken system. Chapter 26 Why Bitcoin Will End the Worst Heist in History Ready to have your mind blown? A money-stealing time machine and the crooks who use it exist in real life. Time-Traveling Thieves Here's a cool idea for a movie. Criminals from the past get their hands on a time machine that lets them travel to the present to steal money, which they then take back to the past. Their victims are helpless to stop them. The criminals can't be prosecuted or sued by the victims because they exist only in the victim's past. Another cool twist is this. The victims wouldn't remember they'd even had that money in the first place. They'd just be poor by the amount that was stolen from them. But the victims would know they had been robbed because the crooks left a mark so obvious that the only possible explanation is that someone in the past had stolen this money. Everyone would know that they had money stolen from them because they each owed money for things they never bought or agreed to buy. They simply found themselves owing money for something that was consumed before they were even born. It therefore had to be that someone in the past bought something they were now on the hook for. Ready to have your mind blown? This money-stealing time machine and the crooks who use it exist in real life. The crooks used it in the past to steal from you, and there's more crooks like them in the present using it right now to steal from people in the future. You can see the unmistakable mark of this crime. Every person now born owes money for things they never bought and will never get to use. The Money-Stealing Time Machine The money-stealing time machine is called Government Deficits and Debt. Each annual theft is called the deficit and the total amount stolen across history is called the debt. Now, there is nothing wrong with borrowing money if you have the intention and the means to pay it back. If you need some money now that you don't have but will earn it in the future, you can borrow it from someone who has some but doesn't need to use it yet, as long as you pay them back. However, if you intentionally deceive that person by spending the borrowings without any intention to pay them back, you're committing the crime of fraud. That crime carries with it a penalty of being fined, forced to make repayment, and potentially even jail time. If you acted even more outrageously by borrowing money which you said someone else would pay back and that someone never agreed to pay it back and never even knew you'd made that claim on their behalf, you'd also be guilty of fraud, one that is easier to prove. Yet this description of fraud is precisely what government deficits are. Politicians keep borrowing and not paying back what they borrowed. There is no evidence any of them ever had any intention of ever paying back what they borrowed. None of them have ever paid it back. Worse, they don't personally assume the responsibility of paying that money back, but instead make the debts the obligation of future generations, generations that couldn't have agreed to taking on the responsibility of the debts because these people weren't even born yet.
every baby born in the United States today is immediately saddled with a debt liability of over $80,000, which they obviously never agreed to. Somehow nobody gets arrested or charged for this fraud. Nobody who commits this fraud is made to repay the money they stole. Nor are they thrown in jail for their crimes. Why? Maybe it's because everyone who should put a stop to the crime is an accomplice to it. The police are paid with this stolen money. The judges are paid with it. The prosecutors are paid with it. The lawmakers are paid with it. The economists who say it's okay to steal even more money in this manner are paid with it. Also, the recipients of government benefits are paid with this stolen money. And so, for that matter, are banks that get handed this money to loan it out to more and more people who then find themselves even more helplessly in debt. Consider this. Our system of money is so thoroughly corrupted that theft from unborn children has been normalized. This should cause moral outrage in any system possessing an actual spirit of justice. The Cost of Short-Term Focus From 1971 until today, politicians have been hell-bent on maximizing immediate consumption at all costs. They have achieved that goal through reckless, fraudulent borrowing from the future. You know this is true. The politicians and bureaucrats who try to manage the economy panic if even one month goes by without economic growth. If six months in a row pass by in which we don't consume more than in the previous month, they call it a recession. They use this as justification to further increase their theft from the future, without any regard to either paying back that money or to the consequences this economic stimulus will have on the environment. And they keep stealing from the future until they get the results they are after, which is more consumption now. Why are we stealing what we don't even need or want? Why doesn't this madness of stealing from the future and damaging the environment stop? Because our money system is broken. Because our money system allows this to happen. The system was broken on the day it was created. The date was August 13, 1971. It was the day that money all around the world ceased to be tied to the present supply of gold. Instead, after that day, money could be conjured by bureaucrats and politicians and left as debts for people in the future to pay. The U.S. president at the time was Richard Nixon, whose most famous quote is, I'm not a crook. What I hope this article demonstrates, in fact, is that he was such a crook. That even though he died in 1994, people being born today owe money he stole from them before they were born. And the system itself is so crooked that this crookedness increases almost every year. Here's Exhibit A, the federal deficit per year, also known as the amount stolen from the future per year in millions of dollars. If Nixon had told the truth and understood what he'd actually done, he would have said while holding up both his hands in a gesture of victory, I'm the greatest crook in history. What we need to stop this madness. 
we have to replace our kleptomaniacal, environmentally destructive, broken system of money. However, we cannot go back to the system that existed before. That predecessor was called the gold standard. That system failed. Gold has been used as money throughout much of history, but it has an Achilles heel, a vulnerability that has been exploited time and again throughout history. That vulnerability is that gold is a physical asset and it can be seized by force. Click to watch this video for just a minute as Michael Saylor reviews history's largest seizures of gold from ancient times until August 13, 1971. Risk factors. Here's my thought about risk factors. Gold invites violence. Alexander, you know, gallivanted around the world to seize gold. Livy tells the story of 1,000 Roman sieges in order to steal the gold. Caesar sacked Gaul to take their gold. Kublai Khan seized the gold. Pizarro seized gold from the Incas. Cortes seized gold from the Aztecs. Charles I seized the gold from all the British nobles. The Prussians seized gold from the French in 1871. In World War I, everybody seized the gold. Lenin seized gold from the church in 1922. Roosevelt seized everybody's gold in 1933. Stalin seized the gold of the Spaniards in 36. Churchill took everybody's gold in 1940 at the onset of the war. At Bretton Woods, the United States seized the world's gold and then you know, took it hostage. And then Nixon killed all the hostages in 1971. Bitcoin smashes the money-stealing, environment-destroying time machine forever. The good news is we have a solution to the broken money system and the vulnerable gold standard that preceded it. The good news is that we don't have to ruin our children's futures, neither financially nor environmentally, thanks to Bitcoin. Unlike gold, Bitcoin is an unseizable asset. Literally, neither all the military power in the world nor all the computing power in the world can seize even a single Bitcoin. Nor can those forces conjure up non-existent Bitcoins and make them a liability for future generations. Stealing money from the future only works because the thieves can seize real money that exists in the present and replace it with dishonest money that they can get away with lying about. A lie that they'll pay back the money they borrow, which in truth, they have no intention of and no ability to repay. But without the possibility of seizing the honest money, they cannot replace it with dishonest money, and they cannot commit the fraud in the first place. When the Bitcoin standard replaces our current system, all of this destructive behavior will end. We will benefit from a sane economy that is permitted to cool down when overheated. We will benefit from an economy that can become more efficient without having those efficiencies pilfered away on unwanted and environmentally harmful stimulus. We will benefit from Bitcoin's incentives to generate abundant clean energy. Bitcoin will ride the world of the institutions and practices that dared to steal from the helpless unborn citizens of the future. 
It will bring about the end of the economically and environmentally ruinous system that was imposed upon the whole world on that dark day in August 1971. You play a part in this. You should no longer be an accomplice to nor a victim of the fraud. Your part in bringing about a Bitcoin standard is to choose Bitcoin over today's broken system. You do this by purchasing or earning Bitcoin and then using it instead of crooked, broken money. That is Why Bitcoin the Series by Tomer Strolite. Read to you by Guy Swan of the Bitcoin Audible Podcast. All right, that will close out the entire Why Bitcoin series by Tomer. Um, lots of great pieces in there and tons to unpack. Uh, probably something you can listen to a couple of times and still keep getting stuff out of. Uh, uh, no, no time for a guy's take, though. I just wanted to finally get this uh, really, really excellent collection out in one entire piece. A huge thank you to Tomer for putting this entire series together. Uh, to Swan Bitcoin for them doing so much to, to to sponsor this podcast, to 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 help me out and spread the word for hosting uh, the entire PDF and numerous of the individual articles on SwanBitcoin.com. Again, if you want the actual copy of this book, SwanBitcoin.com/slash/YBitcoin. A huge thank you to our other sponsors for this show who keep this thing, this entire project alive for me. Um, the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto and all of the other tools and things that they do for the Bitcoin space. And then obviously the Fold Card, our newest sponsor and uh, a service and product that I absolutely love. Check them all out at GuySwan.com. They're right there at the top of the page. Literally, this would not happen. I would not be able to just work late into the night. I think it's like 1.30 in the morning right now. My wife is probably wondering where the hell I am. Uh, just recording this to, to get this out. Um, thank you all so much. Uh, thank you to my sponsors for, for making this work. And um, thanks to everyone listening. Everyone who, who is fascinated by Bitcoin and constantly wants to learn more. Uh, that is, that's what this show is here for. That's what I do. I'm Guy Swan. This is Bitcoin Audible. And until next time, everybody, take it easy. This has been Bitcoin Audible. A 111 production. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.